Now back to the Ty Butler and Brandon Jacobs show on 98.7 ESPN. Now back to the Ty Butler and Brandon Jacobs show on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, yeah, we're here. We're going until 2 o'clock. It's week one. Ty Butler, Brandon Jacobs. He's got rings. I don't, unfortunately. How was winning multiple championships, Brandon? Like, what, what was the better one if you could rank them both? I'm always going to go with the first one, man, in 2007 because of the, uh, you know, the Patriots being undefeated and, uh, you know, had a opportunity to beat him early on that season or in, in the last game of that season, should yep. I say. Um, I'm always going to go with the first one, man, because we stopped something from happening that was – we stopped history from happening. So that's why that one's always going to be the best one for me. That was that was insane, man. So c- can we do this? Maybe we could put this on the table. Because you know we've got a little rivalry between us brewing for week eight when the Jets and, and the Giants take off in Jet Life Stadium. So can we put the rings on the table? It. Quit calling <laughs> Can we put the rings on the table? Like if the Jets win, I get to, I don't know, I get to keep the rings? Like You, you got to ship the rings to me? No, well, I'd I much rather you, you know, get a replica of, of the Jet Super Bowl uh, win they have. Oh, you mean next February when we're in Vegas doing this show together? Well, if if that's when it happens, I'd much rather you get a... No, I want you to get a replica of the one they have now. I want to see him. Can I get like a, a picture of, of the rings? We got to put that on... Because uh, Listen, I, I, I am a miserable Jets fan, so let's get to this. Uh, 800-919-3776. Look, I am as excited as I have been in, in, in quite some time. And I'll have fun with you with the whole Jets-Giants thing, but that's just me, you know, me, me being me. As high as I am on this team, I do feel like, to some degree, that locker room is not as buttoned up as I, I would like to. Uh, I would like it to be, as far as like what the conversation is coming from some of the coaches and some of the players. I gotta sit here and listen to DJ Reed talk about we're gonna be the greatest defense in NFL history. I mean, you you haven't played a game yet, and I I gotta listen to even Brees Hall yesterday. And he said, you know, him and Cook are, are going to be the best running back duo in the league. You know, Rodgers comes in and immediately opens that door when he's like, you know what? That Lombardi trophy is looking a little lonely. Haven't won since the Lyndon B. Johnson administration. Like, that's a quite a long time ago. <laughs> Coach Sala, you ain't got haters, you ain't popping. And then he said, you know, we're one of the six to seven teams that could win a Super Bowl. And I'm just like, guys. I get the confidence. You should be oozing with it. You just added a Hall of Fame quarterback to your room. Last year, you had a great defense. You were 7-4 through 11 a game. Yeah, it's it's, it's his 19th year. But can we pump the brakes a little bit? Can we play a football game first? You've put such, like, I watch a good morning football, right? And they, they put a question up. And it's like, well, who has the... You know, the the bigger mark on their back. Who has the bigger target on their back? Is it the Jets or the Chiefs? And I'm like, it's a ridiculous question. But then I think about it. I'm like, well, all we've heard about the Jets, maybe it's not so ridiculous. It should be Kansas City, a team that's been to five straight AFC championship games, a team that has the best quarterback in football. They've went to three Super Bowls and have won two. They should have the bigger target. But the reason why you ask that is because there's so much talk about the Jets. I'm starting to get a little nervous about these expectations, you know, them potentially falling flat. Well, I mean... The question that you just asked about the Chiefs or the Jets, I'm going to go with the Chiefs, man. The Jets had not done anything. Exactly. You know, That's Jets, my point. The they... Jets had not done anything to have a target on, on their backs. It just was a part of a show where everyone sees what's going on in the background that people normally don't see, which is why it's like this. No target on the Jets' back. And 
they can come out and play one way or the other way. I, I wouldn't be surprised either way. I, I, I'm just looking at a team that you know still has question marks about his about their head coach. He's 11 and 23 through his first two years. Not great. I guess his excuse is you know I haven't had the quarterback. Something he can rest on is his defense went from being the worst in football when he first got here to last year being the fourth best, and that's his calling card. But I just need to see success. I need to see it happen on the field first before we can graduate to, all right, let's be an historically great defense. Let's talk about winning championships and all these things. Let's start with winning a football game, which for the past 12 years, you've been hard-pressed to find them do that very well. That's all I'm saying. I'm all about the excitement and the enthusiasm and the confidence, but we're going a little bit too far, a little bit too crazy in my opinion. I agree. I, I definitely agree. Now, the Jets have a big test in front of them with Buffalo. Yeah, man. Huge test. I mean, it won't get any bigger than that. I got Buffalo winning the, I got Buffalo winning the uh, division. Um, Shockingly. Yeah, I got Buffalo winning the, the uh, division, and, and this is going to be a big test for the Jets. If the Jets can come out and be victorious against Buffalo in week one, I mean, no telling what the rest of the season is going to look like for them. I think it's a huge game just because, like, even the most optimistic Jet fan, when you look at the schedule, you say – all right, let's split with Buffalo. The one win you feel better about is the one at home in front of your crowd, fresh off of a, a preseason where not a lot of guys played, so maybe it's an extension of the preseason and you know both teams are still trying to figure things out. But you have the advantage because it's in your building, and I just I don't want them to be dismissed. Like Buffalo is still a contender. Buffalo still has one of the best quarterbacks in football. I get they lost their defensive coordinator, Leslie Frazier. Sean McDermott's going to be calling plays this year. Von Miller's out for at least the first four weeks. So there are some things you think that can work to your advantage, but that's still a great team. Don't take them lightly. And if the Jets win this game, it starts you on a path to, you know, fantasizing about what the season can become. But conversely, if they lose, you know, with all the chatter that has come from that locker room, they are just going to be memes all over the place. It's going to be a balloon that's deflated fairly or unfairly. Right. Um, you know, first of all, I don't see them beating Buffalo, number one. So that's. So you think they're drawing dead? Like they have no chance to win this game? Man, you always have a chance to win the game when you show up. I mean, it's, it's, it's a part of sports. I mean, I get it. You you come out, you play. You If you're in the game, you got a chance to win. So, I mean, I won't say – they don't have a chance, but I'm just going off of what we've seen, you know what you know what we've seen out of Buffalo, you know what we've been able to see them do, or you know over the last couple of years, and I just I don't see the Jets beating Buffalo, and I don't do it. I don't. I just don't see it. Numbers you don't love. So the Bills have won more division titles in the last three years with Josh Allen than the Jets have won division titles in their franchise history. So that's three to two. And something's going to have to change. If you fashion yourself to be a contender, which I think the Jets are, the Jets are. I think they are. You know, in that tier below uh, Kansas City and Cincinnati. I think they're right there with Buffalo. They beat them last year, and not that that necessarily translates into what's going to happen this season. But it, I, I just feel like they're right there with Buffalo, with Baltimore, and with all the other teams, the uh, Chargers uh, that you would figure to be in that tier beneath the Chiefs and the Bengals. Uh, I, I'm just saying, you know, for for all the noise happening, this is a big test that's on on, on tap for them tomorrow night at home in their building against a Bills team that's going to come ready with a chip on their shoulders. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Jim is in Madison. Uh, he wants to check in on the show. What's up, Jim? Hey guys, thanks a lot for taking my call. Uh, first of all, Mr. Brandon Jacobs, thank you so much for everything you did. You are an epic all time giant, man. 
Thank you, man. And, uh, and, and Ty, Ty, if you're looking for a, a replica giant, uh, Jet Super Bowl ring, I think I found one in the bottom of my cereal box this oh. morning, so I can email. Well, you're you buying the wrong cereal boxes. If you're like, come on, man, you you got to spend your hard-earned money on better things and finding you know other things inside your cereal. Especially That's a bad Jet, yeah. especially with a Jets replica Super Bowl ring in the bottom of it. <laughs> That's a bad job by you in the supermarket. Maybe someone else would be doing your food shopping for you, my man. True, true. Anyway, I wanted to make a point about Aaron Rodgers and all these expectations that we got going. I mean, listen, he's obviously a very talented quarterback, maybe the most of all time. But two things I think about with him. One, he has done a lot of losing in the playoffs with really good Packers teams, with home playoff games all the time. And two, he is 40 years old. Now, I, you know, I know everyone says Tom Brady played till he's 45. That doesn't happen all the time. A lot of Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger, but these guys play great and then they crash into a wall and and they fall off a cliff. I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to rain on you guys' parade that much, but let's just pump the brakes a little bit because everything seems like Rogers is here now. Oh, everything's fixed. Everything will be fine now that we got Aaron Rodgers. What do you think? No, I, I feel you, and I appreciate the call. I, I don't think that it's everything is fixed. I think you are looking at how great the defense was last year, the insertion of Dalvin Cook into a running back room that already has a guy like Brees Hall, who prior to the injury looked like he was going to be the offensive rookie of the year. And speaking of offensive rookie of the year, the guy who won it was Garrett Wilson. So you love the pieces that he has around him. I mean, to your point, yes, he's an aging quarterback who last year uh, fell very short of expectations, uh, and you wonder, is he closer to the guy who in three years prior gave you a touchdown-to-interception ratio of 111-13, to 13, or the guy who last year with the, a chance to get to the playoffs wet the bed against the Lions? So I, I'm with you. I'm with you, Brandon, and he makes a good point. You have to be concerned if you're the Jets, you know, if, if we've seen the last of apex-level great Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, like we discussed uh, earlier, he's in his 19th season. He got drafted when I got drafted. You yeah, know, you guys were in the same draft class. Same draft class um, in 2005. So he's coming up, like I said, on his 19th season in the NFL. Um, he went through a lot of adversity in the beginning. I mean, the draft kicked off adversity for Aaron Rodgers. So he's, yeah. he, so he's no stranger to it, right? You know, sit, you know, sitting in the green room all of that time when he's expected to go number one with Alex Smith, and he sat there and sat there and sat there, and the cameras were on him. Just so he's been through some adversity, you know. Sat behind Brett Favre, you know. I no telling what he learned behind him, but um, you know, he he's he's definitely been through you know his fair share of issues in the National Football League. Um, being in New York, though, being a quarterback in in New York is is, is tough. Especially, you know, they gonna they gonna blame you for everything. They are gonna point the finger. It's just that's just the way it is. I've been there. I've seen it. So let's see how he can take this, you know, from the New York media. Anthony's in the mail truck. He weighs on on the program. What's up, Anthony? Ty, what's going on, brother? How are you? Uh, I'm I'm doing well, man. What's going on with you? Talk to us, brother. M- Mr. Jacobs, um, a big big shout out to the company, by the way, Mr. Jacobs. Uh, I was not a uh, big fan of you on the field. Um, I'm a huge Cowboys fan, but Uh-oh. off the field, you uh, you seem like a genuine, uh, you know, down to earth human being. So uh, I appreciate what you did for the game of football. I'll put it that way. I appreciate um, you, man. Thank didn't you. Didn't like you. Didn't like you seeing uh, seeing when when in the Super Bowls, but 
you know, hey, listen, congratulations. So <laughs> Thank you, I, I need I, I need to uh I need to talk about this Dak Jones conversation. Uh Dak Prescott is not Carson Wentz. So he is not gonna be a backup quarterback in the league in two years. Um that's number one. Number two, I just don't see like Jones has to take like if Dak has to take a step up this year, Jones has to take two steps. He accounted for twenty uh twenty seven or twenty nine touchdowns last year, I believe. And I understand Dak, you know, had his pick problem. But um, you know, I just wanted to know uh from from you uh especially uh Brandon, who um if you lose your coordinators like the Eagles do, does that take a a bigger toll than people really would think, um, instead of like losing like a big name player? Um appreciate you guys taking the phone call. Have a great this Sunday, fellas. Appreciate it. Yep. Yep. Well, losing your coordinator is much bigger than losing the you know one of your best players. That you know that's your signal caller. That that's the guy who draws up your scheme. Like that's the guy who's doing the you know the film watching and creating game plans. So that's so so that's a big time loss to get a, another guy in that you're not used to working with with a whole new scheme. That's a problem. Yeah, and the Eagles. I mean, already dealing with uh, the 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 potential of a Super Bowl hangover and losing that game in devastating fashion, uh, lost both of their coordinators to head coaching jobs with Shane Steichen and, and Jonathan Gannon, who already sounds like he's a mess. So it's going to be interesting to see what they get out of Brian Johnson and uh, Sean Desai, I believe is his name, defensive coordinator for the Eagles, uh, as far as you know, if they can get back to the level of where they were last year. And, you know, Jalen Hurts continuing to ascend. I think people need to see another year of greatness from him in order to, you know, put him in that same, you know, top five quarterback rankings where you have like the Mahomes and the Burroughs and the Allens. I think you need to see him do that again. Uh, but as far as, you know, expectations, you, you think Philly. So you got the Giants getting to the championship game. What do you have the Eagles doing this year? I got them playing the Eagles. Oh. I got them playing the Eagles, man. Um, you know, I. These predictions vary, you know, like, you know, like they vary. I think the Giants got, like, honestly, I think the Giants got a lot of work to do until they can get that far. And it it starts with Daniel Jones. And as we all know, he's a signal caller, you know, of the team. He's a team leader. So it starts with him. So we're going to go as far as uh, Daniel Jones allows us to. Steve's in the White Plains. What's up, Steve? Brandon Jacobs, met you a few times through uh, some mutual friends. Good to talk to you again. That's good to talk <clears> to you as well. So, Ty, uh, can you please clarify what you were saying earlier regarding Dak Prescott and unfair? You made a, a comment about some things being unfair towards Dak Prescott. I, I think it's unfair that because Daniel Jones had a career season last year, we're already kicking Dak to the curb and saying that he's be- that Jones is better than him. I think that's okay. unfair. Well, yeah, I, I don't know about that. Uh, I do think the sports media has been very harsh on Daniel Jones for the entire time he's been in the NFL. And rightfully so. But I'll- I'll tell you, rightfully so, no, that's not the case. I mean, the guy has it's been pretty obvious since his rookie year that he's a really good quarterback. He also had a turnover so. problem that we couldn't ignore. And the Giants also, uh, you know who agrees with me, by the way, Steve? The Giants, yeah. who declined his fifth-year option prior to last season. So you can Which disagree. I thought all was you actually want. a mistake. Yeah, you thought so, it was a mistake, yeah. but they agree with yeah. me and not you. But go ahead, continue your phone call. Let me hear. <laughs> Okay, well, the poor guy has had no offensive line and a different coordinator every year for the first four years he was in the league. That's pretty tough to deal with. And no weapons, by the way. Um, 
But anything regarding a cowboy and unfair to me is a complete misnomer because the sports media, more specifically the NFL media in this country, just continues every year, every day to slobber misguidedly on that football team and everybody on it, especially the quarterbacks. And yet, what do they have? Three playoff victories in the last 30 years? And yet every year, they're going on deep runs, going to the Super Bowl every single day, man. It's pretty disgusting. So, <laughs> yeah, like, Steve, really I, I, I guess it's not hard to figure out that you're a Giants fan, correct? Well, that's that's beside the point to what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. What I'm saying is the NFL media slobbers on this team like they were relevant the year before every single year, and they're not relevant. They haven't won anything in years. They're a 500 football team if you average it out over the last 30 years. Listen, Steve, I, I appreciate the call. Uh, Brandon, I, I'm not saying, again, I want to reiterate, I'm not saying he's Brady in his prime. All I'm saying is I feel like he's been a little bit disrespected. Yes, last year he led the league in, in, in interceptions. He was throwing pick six. Uh, he he fell in love with throwing the ball to the other team. There was not a single defensive back he just decided he didn't want to throw the ball to. Just last year. And, just, I, and despite just, missing just five last games. Year. Yeah, just last year. So, uh, I, yes, there's a lot of pressure on him. I, I don't want to... I don't want to bury that there is pressure on him this year because he does have an impending contract situation coming up. I don't buy into Trey Lance being his replacement, but all I'm saying is we've gone a little too far. You disagree with me. That's fine. It's, it's, it's all good. Yeah, well, i say this, right? This guy's throwing interception after interception in practice. <laughs> in practice where he gets the strip. He looks at it in meetings, and this is what the defense is going to be running. The only difference is that it's not a – practice squad defense and training camp is your real defense so they're playing those looks full speed and they're competing full speed but it's it's, it's looks off of a card that they're looking at That's so good. so how do you throw interceptions into coverages you know that that's what they're going to do hours before you take the grass He's got to be better. So I'm, so you're expecting tonight the Giants' defense that should be improved now that they've added some depth. We'll see what happens with Simmons. Bobby Okereke's there. You know, drafted a cornerback in uh, Deontay Banks. So you're expecting them to feast on, on that Cowboys offense that was top five last year. Well, I'm going to say this. We got some defensive backs, you know, some new young guys yeah. that got to prove themselves. So, I mean, I, I, I'm going to sit and I'm going to watch the game and I'm going to make my assumption when we talk about this again. I'll have a better answer for you on what I think the Giants are truly going to be. 800-919-3776. Ty Butler, Brandon Jacobs, rolling along, getting you ready for week one of the season. Giants tonight, Jets tomorrow night. Still a whole lot to cover as we push this thing across the finish line at 2 o'clock. Right here on 98.7 ESPN. Now back to the Ty Butler and Brandon Jacobs show on 98.7 ESPN. A lot of chatter. So I just uh, saw on Twitter, Ty Butler, Brandon Jacobs, going with you until 2 o'clock right here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, so Rex Ryan on ESPN's Sunday NFL Countdown. This is the most talented roster the Jets have ever had. Ever had. So he's also high on the Jets. Hmm. The most talented roster the Jets have ever had. I could, I probably agree with that. Now we'll see. We'll see if that materializes into anything. By the way, I, 
did you have to ruin my my Christmas Eve the way that you did in 2011? Like that was that was brutal. Well, that was awesome, actually. <laughs> no, it, it it wasn't very kind. Like you should be like you looking at Jet fans who are celebrating with their families. They they wanted they were in position to get to the playoffs, and you know Victor Cruz Man. going ninety nine. Yeah, come on, y'all. Man, like y'all won a all, Super Bowl in two thousand seven. Can we have some fun on this side too? But listen, man, like that came from Rex Ryan. All of that stuff came from him <laughs> covering up the 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 um our Super Bowl trophies and the success that the Giants have had. Covering that up, and it's not even your tunnel. This is our tunnel. You on the, all the way on the other side of the stadium. Why does it matter to you what's over here? Like this is our tunnel. You're not just playing against some visiting team because the visitors also use that tunnel because their locker room is also right next to ours. You know when the Jets have a home game. You know so, but to to do all of the stuff and cover it up, man, it's, it's just was. So y'all it felt disrespected. It we took, took it, it personally and wanted to go out there and send a message, make a statement. And the rest of the season, y'all were done losing games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we was done losing games after that, man. So we turned that thing on and went and got that Lombardi. 800-919-3776. Let's go to my guy, Buddha, who's in the boogie down right now. What's up, Buddha? You know, Ty, you know, you're, you're in trouble in this show. Why is that? <laughs> Brandon is doing his T.I., uh, you know, impersonation with the Giants fans. Bring him out, bring him out. I mean, <laughs> oh, Lord. This is going to be a wild year. Now, listen, and Brandon, respect to you, man. I always liked you as a player, and that end zone, um, you know, that touchdown celebration was epic. And I'm not even a Giants fan. You know what I'm saying? But I I, I really appreciated that. On on many levels, I appreciated that. But um, look, the Giants fans that have been calling, you know, some of what they're saying is, is, is right. The only thing I would beg to differ was when the guy Chris from Beth Page called you and he said that, you know, it's Super Bowl or bust for the Jets. Listen, we all know in any business, and especially in sports, you have to learn how to crawl before you can walk. So the idea that the Jets are the Super Bowl uh, favorite or that they have to get the Super Bowl, to me, is patently ridiculous. What, what they need to do is, you know, I, I fully expect and, and I will be disappointed if they don't get to 11 wins. You understand what I'm saying? Get to get to a playoff game, win a playoff game, you know, and then you like you set the franchise for like for these guys to learn because look, the Jets have a lot of youth, and and, and the youth starts with the coach, you know, who has diarrhea of the mouth. Let, let's keep it a buck. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? And you know, all this idea that you just get a veteran quarterback like with Stafford went to the Rams or or with Brady. Went to the Bucks. Those two situations are, are totally different from the Jets. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tom Brady, we all know, is a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers, and definitely better in big spots. And the Rams have been and to a Sean Super Bowl Lee already. Had, the Rams have been to a Super Bowl already with that team and added right, pieces. Right, and, but, Sean, but Sean McVay is an offensive-minded, highly respected head coach. And like I said, with Rob Sala, I mean, I love how people try to tell me how he's changed the culture here. Since Adam Gates left, when basically their record is the same, and he's had more talent to work with, but I'll move past that. Now, where I will agree with what the Giants fans were saying to you, and, and Ty, I've spoken to you about this. I've spoken to a lot of guys on the station. You know how it is, quote unquote. You know, I'm a realistic fan, but quote unquote, I'm a negative Jets fan because I don't sip into the Kool Aid automatically. Look, the Jets have a lot of work to do, and it's totally possible that a 40-year-old quarterback can be on the decline. Now, the Jets beat the Buffalo Bills with Zach 
last year. So even if Aaron Rodgers is on the climb, you know, he's saying, good enough to be Buffalo. Um, yep. better, yeah, listen, right. Saying that he's better than Zach Wilson is like saying water is wet. But what I will agree with, and Brandon has said this before, is when you look at the Jets, this season can go either way. And a lot of that's based on the coaching and based on, you know, the, the, all the talking, the T-shirts, the this, the, the instant coffee, all this other stuff that nobody really wanted to hear. Just, just win, baby, like Al Davis used to say. You know, they could possibly get to that 11-6. They could possibly get to 12-5. and five. Maybe if, things, if they play excellent and start out right from the gate. But there could also be a situation where this ends up being like a 9-8 and eight season uh. because I don't care – how good the quarterback is. No, no, I don't want that. Yeah, you know I know. What I'm saying? It's Brandon the, is right. It's gonna Brandon ha- is right. It, it could happen. It could. It could and it could, it's yeah. going to come down yeah. to the, the finer details. I appreciate the call, Buddha. We're up against it. It's going to come down to the finer details, like coaching, as you mentioned. We still got a lot to learn Absolutely. when it comes to Robert Sala. He, he, we haven't seen anything that would suggest he's a great coach. And we know that it's not in baseball, you can get away with managers not being good because they're not managing. Football. You get exposed on the, on the sidelines as a head coach, that is going to derail you. And you know that, Brandon. Absolutely. Absolutely. Coach got to make good decisions. He got to put his players in position to make plays. He got to put the ball in his playmaker's hands. He got to, it's a lot he has to do. Quickly, let's hit Justin and Tom's River before we get to Chris Candy. What's up, Justin? Hey, guys. Thank you for taking my phone call. Um, you know, this question is mostly for Brandon. You know, I'm a big time Jet fan. And, and I, was, I don't really agree with Boot on a lot of things, but one thing I do agree with. The Jets' identity this year has to be the running game and rely on that defense this year. And I wanted to know Brandon's take on what can we expect from Brees Hall early on this year coming off the injury and also, to Dalvin Cook coming off this injury. Do you, do you see Brees Hall being with a, you know, kind of limited early on or do you think they're going to try to limit his carries and then use him more in the passing game? Because the Jets, are, in my opinion, need to rely on that running game for them to have success this year. Well, you know, you are probably the first person in probably the last two years who who brought up the running game in the NFL about relying <laughs> on the running game to be successful. I agree with you because because if you always look at the teams that teams at the end, they got a good running game, right? And the Jets are gonna have to do that. They, you know, they got two great running backs. Um, who, who, you know, like I said, who's both coming off of injuries. I think they're gonna have to get that going to take some uh, pressure off of the water pistol and uh, Aaron Rodgers. So, I mean. They got players like all around the football field, right? But I think if you can get that running game going, I think it's going to be, you know, I think the Jets have a better opportunity to be successful from week one all the way to week, what, 16, 17. 800-919-3776. Coming up next, we're going to talk to Chris Cancy, former Giant, of course, go over the keys to tonight's game, keys to tomorrow night's game, Jets, Bills, Giants, Cowboys, a whole lot to do with the big man. Ty Butler, uh, Brandon Jacobs, going your way until 2 o'clock right here on 98.7 ESPN. Now back to the Ty Butler and Brandon Jacobs show on 98.7 ESPN. Before we get Chris on, let's do one of the benchmark segments we were bringing uh, to the show, and that is the pick six. Six games, six picks to the house. Pick six, touchdown! This is the pick six. All right, so we're going to be picking six games against the spread. We go throughout... The entirety of the slate. Let's start here. One of the one o'clock games. Jags in Indianapolis to take on the Colts. Everyone's high on Jacksonville this year. 
I don't know if they're a, a championship contender, but I do know I love Trevor Lawrence. They get Calvin Ridley in there. Doug Peterson, obviously, a Super Bowl winning head coach. So today I'm going to take the minus four and a half on the road in Indianapolis against a Colts team starting a rookie quarterback. So I expect them to have some struggles with uh, Anthony Richardson being on the center there today. I don't know if I can take that one. I like Anthony Richardson. Granted, he you know he is a rookie. He got a lot to learn, but the boy has certain ability where it doesn't matter if he's a rookie or not. Uh, athletic ability, got a really strong arm. He don't mind pulling it down and running. I got to take the coast today. All right, so you'll take the coast plus three and a half. Let's go to Pittsburgh. I, I am fascinated by this game. So Kenny Pickett, year two. We know he made his debut last year against the Jets in that game where you know he comes in for Trubisky, throws three interceptions. But I'm expecting a leap from him this year. And I think Mike Tomlin, once again, is underrated as a head coach. They're one of the five best in the league. His team's never finished uh, under 500. Hosting San Francisco, a championship contender. Brock Purdy back from the offseason surgery but I like Pittsburgh in this game to at least cover the spread so I'm taking the Steelers plus two and a half I gotta disagree with that one too here we go I gotta disagree with that one too the 49ers they got Brock Purdy back in there under center Mr. Swagtastic um they just they just took care of Bosa in his contract Mm -hmm. um yeah I don't see the 49ers losing this one today uh yeah I actually saw a report uh just to do a little uh Little detail. I saw a report put out today that the Niners were actually getting calls on Nick Bosa before they traded. There was no chance that they were going to deal him, but it was interesting to see teams uh, checking in on him. Uh, So let's move on. I've got uh, the Seahawks today. I love this game. Seattle coming off of a playoff berth where, yes, they lost to San Francisco in that game, but it was a great season for Geno Smith. They're at home against a Rams team with no Cooper Cup. Uh, There's speculation they could be sellers at the deadline. We'll see what happens with Stafford, with Donald. I love the Seahawks in this game, minus four and a half. Well, in this game, knowing that Cooper Cup is out, um, you know, the Rams got the same, you know, pretty much the same team that they have, not far removed from a Super Bowl appearance. And, uh, yeah, but with Cooper Cup being out, I got to go with Geno Smith. There we go. Seattle minus four and a half. Let's go to the Chargers. You know, every game they play at home at SoFi Stadium. It's not really a home game. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're at their home ballpark today, home stadium, taking on Miami. Tua back in the fold. The Dolphins, if if he stays healthy, can be a legitimate threat in the AFC. But today, I'm going with the newly paid Justin Herbert to get it done. A lot of pressure on him to live up to the contract. Still is yet to win a playoff game. But I love the Chargers minus three today against the Dolphins. Well, that would, I think this is going to be a great game to call, um, great game to watch as well. I got to go with the Dolphins. You know, they, they, they have the prolific wide receivers. They, they, they can get the ball to either one, uh, Tyreek Hill or Waddle. I don't, I don't see them being able to stop both of those guys. I got to go with Miami. All right, so let's go to Sunday night game, a game that we've been talking about for months. And, you know, Brandon Jacobs getting a chance to chime in on this as well. Giants at home. They are getting three points against a Cowboys team that has beaten them 10 straight times. They're 11-1. and one. Uh, The Cowboys are against the Giants in their last 12 games. But I think tonight's different. I think the Giants not only cover the three points, but I think they win this game outright. Yes, I said it. No, I don't have them get into the championship game like my man Brandon Jacobs. But I think they start the season 1-0 and uh, by beating the hated division rival Dallas Cowboys. 
I don't need to say much about that one. I'm going with the Giants. I'm we, going with the Giants. I we, think I think I think that Prescott come out and, and throw us two picks early, oh. and we and we take them and and uh, and get points from them. I love it. All right, tomorrow night, September 11th, my mom's birthday. Shout out to her. Listening to the program, she's gonna turn 49 Happy tomorrow. Happy birthday, Happy mom, birthday. dudes! Thank you, appreciate the love. Got the Jets at home against the Bills. They are getting two and a half points against Buffalo, who has won the division three straight times. Yes, they split last year, but Josh Allen, you know, people say he was dealing with an elbow issue. I think the Jets come out and win this game. I'm gonna have the Jets plus two and a five, two and a half against the Bills, and like the Giants, I, I think they win outright. Um. I think the Jets got a lot coming into this game. Uh, they got a new quarterback that everybody's excited about. You know, they they they, they picked up some players. Um, you know, bringing in Cook. I think I think they got a legit chance to be good this year. But I got to go with Buffalo because I don't see them stopping Josh Allen either in, in the air or, or on the ground. Well, there you have it. That's pick six, and it's a segment we will be doing throughout the NFL season. So keep it locked here. We're going to try to win you guys some money. 800-919-3776. Chris Cancy's on the line. He's going to join us next. Ty Butler, Brandon Jacobs, rolling into two right here on 9870 ESPN. Now back to the Ty Butler and Brandon Jacobs show on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, it's week one. Ty Butler, Brandon Jacobs doing the show. We'll be here all th- all throughout the season, getting you ready for all the action, even through Super Bowl Sunday. And right now, we are excited to bring on a special guest. You can listen to him on the mornings on ESPN Radio, Unsportsmanlike, with Evan Coleman and Chris Candy and Michelle Smallwood. He joins the show today. Yo, Chris, what's up, man? What's going on? What's up, Ty? Jake, how y'all doing, man? My good brother. How are you, man? Man, I'm excited, man. We got the first football Sunday of the NFL regular season. How could you not be fired up for it? And to cap it off tonight, we got Giants Cowboys. Yo, before we even get to that, Chris. Actually, 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 actually nobody's calling it the Candy Bowl. But anyway, I'm excited. <laughs> we got football that actually matters, football that actually means something. The NFL regular season got kicked off on Thursday night, and the, up, the Lions pulled off the upset. <clears throat> and that's the great thing about the NFL Anything can happen in any given game or any given Sunday. So I'm really excited about uh, all the matchups that we're going to take a look at today. So I, I caught your first uh, bold prediction, or one of your bold predictions, when you unleashed the five. One of them is that you actually have the Cowboys missing the playoffs. Yeah, that was my boldest prediction of the 2023 season. And Ty, if you remember, I did this last year. I said the Rams, the reigning defending Super Bowl champs, would miss the playoffs in 2022. And what happened? They missed, they the, missed play- the damn playoffs. Play- so, so, so all I'm simply saying is people always want to play the game of football on paper. And Bill Parcells said this a long time ago. Best players don't always make the best teams, but the best teams always win. When I look at the Dallas Cowboys, some of the issues that I've seen when it comes to Mike McCarthy taking over play-calling duties on offense on top of game management issues, which he struggled with in the past, doesn't necessarily invoke confidence in me. Dak Prescott... 35 turnovers in the last 31 games. Doesn't invoke a whole lot of confidence. How their season has ended in the playoffs last two years at the hands of the San Francisco 49ers, if you look at how they played, especially in the fourth quarter of those games, not what you would expect from a championship contender. Here's what I will say. People point to the Dallas Cowboys having back-to-back 12-win seasons. If you look at the team and how they've been able to win those games, It really has been about the defense generating a lot of takeaways. The Cowboys have led the NFL in takeaways 
in back-to-back seasons. The last time a defense did that in back-to-back seasons, you got to go back to the 73-74 Steelers. That's how far back it is. So it is a bit of an outlier in assuming that the Cowboys' defense regresses back to the mean when it comes to takeaways, then it could end up being a really, really long season for the Dallas Cowboys, and that's why I picked them to be on the outside looking into the playoffs come January. All right, Chris, so question. So we've been talking about this whole Daniel Jones, Dak Prescott thing, right? Am I crazy? Because people think I'm crazy that I say I'll take Daniel Jones over Dak Prescott. What's your opinion of that? Well, let's be clear about one thing. Daniel Jones is not a better player than Dak Prescott. He's, just, he's not a better player. He's, I don't look at him and say he's a more talented player than Dak Prescott. But what I will say is I trust what I'm going to get from Daniel Jones in, in the scheme that Brian Dayball and Mike Kafka have him in. I trust what I'm going to get from him more so than I trust Dak. So a better way of being able to boil this all down is Although Dak Prescott has the higher ceiling, I think Daniel Jones has the higher floor. And that's how I view those two quarterbacks in 2023. So, you're not crazy. I think based on what the Giants have around him and the coach that's on the sideline for the Giants as opposed to the coach on the sideline for the Cowboys, I feel like I can trust what, I, what I'm expecting, what I think I'm going to get from Daniel Jones more so than Dak Prescott this year. So we've gone back and forth about what the expectations should be for the Giants. We've done it on Twitter. Uh, I, I just think when you get year two of Daniel Jones in this system, you retain both your coordinators, you love your head coach, the GM has done an excellent job you know, rebuilding what was a mess that Dave Gutterman left, Saquon's back, you've added some talent with you know, Darren Waller. Like, There's so much to be excited about. I understand the schedule's tougher. I just think the Giants are better. So from your standpoint, you know, where do you sign on what the expectations should be for this team? Well, the expectations should be to be in the playoff mix. I don't think the Giants are on par with the Philadelphia Eagles, so competing for the division feels like pie in the sky. But you, you absolutely should be in the playoff mix in a wide-open NFC field. Uh, that being said, I think the Giants can be an improved team and not have the record to show for it in comparison to last year. They were 9-7-1. I could see the Giants right around being a 9 or 10 win team and being a lot better uh, than they were last year because of some of the same things you pointed out with the continuity and the coaching staff, personnel, etc. So um, I'm expecting that this Giants team will be there in December. And the thing that will ultimately be the tipping point on whether or not they get into the tournament is how much has Daniel Jones grown as a quarterback. Not just a guy that can manage the game and not turn the ball over, but a guy that can be a force multiplier when it matters the most. Right. And, and, you know, and people are really predicting, like, people got the Giants missing the playoffs, which is, to me, is baffling because you got a a second-year head coach, uh, second-year GM, you know, they've gotten Saquon back, they've uh, done Dexter Lawrence, um, you know, they got rid of Galladay. You know, they saved some, you know, they got some money back there. Um, but to say that they're not going to make the playoff, I, I, I think that's that's just, that's absurd. And I think they'll be ready, and I think they can make the playoffs. And, and this game tonight is going to say a lot about the New York Giants and, and, and what they're going to look like over this season. Oh, no doubt. And, and here's the thing, and, and you know this, Jake. And, Ty, you've been around football uh, a really long time. You know this as well. The teams that are usually there in the end are strong at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. And that's what gives the Giants a chance. 
Uh, you, you can look at this matchup against the Dallas Cowboys, and no longer do we feel like as as people that root for the Giants that they're going to be overwhelmed at the line of scrimmage with their offense or their defense. It's been a long time since you've been able to say that about the New York. Matter of fact, I know exactly how long it's been, since 2011 when we won a Super Bowl. That's how long it's been since you've been able to say that about right. a New York Giants football team uh, against an NFC East opponent. So that's the exciting thing about where the Giants are at. And here's the deal. you got a head coach in Brian Dayball that is not going to cap what the potential on this team is going to be. He is going to get the very best out of his people. He showed that last year. Now, it might not look the way that people think it should. It might not look the way that Giants fans think it should. But Brian Dayball has shown himself to be a good game manager, a hell of a tactician, but more importantly, somebody that can manage all of the different personalities within his organization. And I think that's an important trait to have when you talk about your team trying to have sustained success year over year. Talking to Chris Cancy. All right, let's move over to the Jets. Is it Super Bowl or bust for Gang Green? Yeah, I mean, uh, when Aaron Rodgers got the floor in Park, he said the Lombardi Trophy from 69 looked lowly in the trophy case. So if that's the expectations that he's setting, (laughs) then why should we not accept that? I I think they have the defense to be able to get it done, and and that's going to have to be the identity that wins the day for the Jets. I know a lot of attention is on Aaron Rodgers, but it's going to be about the defense. I don't think Aaron Rodgers has to play at an MVP level for the Jets to play at a championship level. I think Aaron Rodgers just has to be the difference in a handful of plays throughout every single game, and that'll give them a chance to win a lot, a lot of ball games this year. If you think about it this way, Ty, last year the New York Jets offense was absolutely atrocious because they mm-hmm. had incompetent quarterback play. Okay, League average last year was 21 points a game. The Jets were seven and ten. If they had scored twenty-one points in every single game, they would have been eleven and six. Mm-hmm. Now, for context, Aaron Rodgers has only been held to only under twenty-one points twelve times over the last three years, out of a possible fifty-three games. So, if you do the math, you, you start to see why a lot of people in that building in Florham Park believe they can win a championship. And I, I don't think the Jets fans are wrong for buying into the hype that this team can contend at that level. Hmm. Well, you know, Aaron Rodgers, he is in his 19th year, as you and I both would have been in our 19th year as well. We would still be playing, probably not hitting on much, but um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if, if Aaron Rodgers, I, don't, I just don't know if he can still sit and battle, you know, being, being where he is. Somebody called him a veteran quarterback. I'm, I'm gonna go off and say a senior citizen. Like, that's, <laughs> I mean, but I, be able, I but I salute him for being able to hang around in a league where you can't play for long. So, I don't know about being able to be good enough to, 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 to you know, to take his team to get the Lombardi Trophy at 19 years in the league. Well, I think he can do it. He's just got to stay upright, right? That's the biggest challenge. And, and I'm not saying that he's Tom Brady, but we saw Tom play at an MVP level well into his 40s. I think Rodgers has the same ability. Uh, the biggest question has been his intangibles, whether or not uh, he's going to be able to see his team through when they inevitably hit adversity. Um, but then the other part is, can the Jets offensive line keep him up right? Hmm. You talk about how old Rodgers is, let's talk about how old Dwayne Brown is. He's 38 years old. Yeah, 38 years old. Still out there doing the same thing. Shout out to him. Yeah, you don't usually hear a UVA guy shouting out a Virginia Tech guy, but shout out to Dwayne Brown. He's still doing it. But 
you worry about his ability to stay healthy. The same with Makai Beckett. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have guys that you can rely on at the tackle spot to protect the edges of the pocket, then your quarterback is going to be under the rest. And I don't know that Aaron Rodgers can survive a 17-game regular season being exposed to the kind of punishment that a, a shaky offensive line without those two guys would subject him to. So I, I, that is – I mean, we've talked about it. Rob Sala ran on a rant about it in the hard knocks. Everybody knows the Achilles heel of the Jets. If their season is undone, it will be because of the offensive line. It won't be because of number eight. It honestly won't be because of the head coach. It would be because of the offensive line. All right, let's get to we, – we've done it all. Let's get to the juiciest part of the interview. What's the sleep schedule now that you're, you're doing 6 a.m.? On the network. Oh, it's uh, it's go to bed at ten, wake up at four. Wait, so what happens? Actually, I was gonna say, what happens tonight? Uh, oh, I'm gonna stay up and watch it. That's just like I did Thursday night. I stayed up until eleven thirty on Thursday night watching the game. Go to bed, get up, uh, get up at four, do the show, and then come back and crash. So on Monday nights, on Thursday nights, and on Sunday nights, the schedule is gonna be like more like you know, get you know, four and a half hours of sleep, wake up. Do the show and then come back and crash. So are you commuting? I, I gotta tell you, man. I, I mean, I'm, I'm I live in the city, Ty. So I don't know how much of a commute it is to the seaport. But yeah, I mean, I'm 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 driving down to the seaport every day, but it takes me ten minutes to get there. So, man, you're a beast. I, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> yeah, I can't I was, get no early than eleven o'clock. Listen, 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 listen. Doing a show at six in the morning is cake. When you've done a show at five in the morning, mm. and Ty knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> I mean, when you were doing a show for at five o'clock, getting up at three versus getting up at four in the morning—that hour in there is like dog years, bro. Getting up at three, there's no way to normalize getting up at three in the morning. At least with four o'clock in the morning, there can be some normalcy to it. Three o'clock is just ungodly. Unsportsmanlike. So you got all the hard hat lunch pail guys that's that, you know that you know that's on their way to work listening in, huh? Yeah, there you go. There you go. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Cohen, Chris Candy, and Michelle Smallwood. That's on the network every morning from 6 to 10. Yo, Chris, we really appreciate you joining the show, man. We got to do this again. Got to do this again. Talking to your former teammate. I was about to say, it's my first time doing it with you guys. It better not be the last. Oh, it won't be, baby. You already know, man. Go watch the games. Go watch the games. It was good to you, brother. guys. What was your relationship like with, uh, with Candy? Man, me and Kenny was cool, man. You know, Kenny, you know, his family, you know, his dad, Joe, like, they they were great people, man. I was even cool with Kenny when I had to compete against him when he was in uh, Dallas uh, mm. playing with them. Got drafted the same year, man. Really good guy, man. He came to our team and fit right in immediately. He was one of us. You know, it takes some time to go to, go to a new team and fit in. Like, I never fit in when I went to San Francisco. It just I never fit in. I, it was just me and Mario Manningham. I just don't feel like I ever fit into everybody had their clicks, you know, so on and so forth. But Chris came in, man. We had the type of team where it was easy to come in and fit in, man, which is why we won. But um, he, he's a great dude, man, no question. Really? Well, appreciate having him on the show. Uh, two hours down. We got one more hour to play with as games are beginning to kick off. So we'll go around the league. We'll do a little in or out. There's still a whole lot to do as we kick off the final hour of this program. Ty Butler, Brandon Jacobs, right here on 9870 ESPN.